1: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. While I was out on vacation, I got quite a backlog of questions from parents, so I'm going to spend the next several weeks catching up on those. Then in late September, I'm going to cover a topic that I find fascinating, birth order, and how it affects personality, both ours and our children's, and how birth order can affect our parenting, along with some tips on parenting children in different birth order. So being aware of these common personality traits helps us to be more proactive in working with our kids to develop their strengths, but also, and more importantly, areas where they need more support to reach their potential. So if you're curious about this topic, be on the lookout for that one coming up next month. For today, I'm going to cover two parenting questions. The first is from a mom about helping her more quiet, shy child in not becoming a target for bullying. So in this case, prevention. The second question is about working with kids on building resilience, that bounce back factor when things don't go their way. Our first question is from Talia. Hi, I love your podcast and always look forward to listening. I recently heard your episode on bullying and I'm wondering how to handle this issue with my older son who is seven. We are not having an issue with bullying right now, but it is always a source of concern for me. He is very timid and easily bowled over, and I worry about him in group situations when I'm not around. How do I teach him to stand up for himself and speak up if there is a problem, without also encouraging tattling and retaliation and other negative behaviors? I want him to be more assertive and confident. I was just like him when I was younger and I feel like I have been walked on many times in the past. I don't want to pass on my shortcomings to my kids and for them to experience the same things I did. I appreciate any suggestions. So this is such a great subject, not just the piece about helping coach our kids on being more assertive, but also about how we work with our kids to teach them skills we did not have growing up, that we had to learn later in life, for many of us, the hard way. I also was very much the same, very shy as a child and also low in self-confidence. Now there are several parts to this. Despite his being timid, some people just are naturally more quiet and don't like big groups or aren't comfortable talking or introducing themselves to new people or in new situations, and it can have nothing to do with self-esteem, but sometimes it does. So my first question for you, Talia, is how is his self-esteem? How does he view himself? Does he see himself as capable, independent, skilled, as a contributing member of his classroom, of his family? If you feel the answer is yes to these questions, then his self-esteem is fine. If you aren't sure or if you feel that he could use some work in these areas, then go back and listen to the podcast episode number two, Supporting Kids Self-Esteem, if you want more information on that. You can also watch the class on building and supporting kids self-esteem for ages five and up on the website yourvillageonline.com under the development and health section. Now, there are lots of other things you can do to work on bullying prevention. First, you'll want to teach him what bullying is what it looks like so that he knows the difference between bullying and a disagreement. Now since you heard the episode on bullying, you know what that looks like, that bullying is deliberate, either verbal aggression such as name calling, belittling, things like that, or the physical aggression like pushing, shoving, kicking. So you want to explain how these things are not okay and if he experiences them, name calling, belittling, someone shoving, kicking throwing his books down, all of these things that he will need to tell the perpetrator to stop. The first thing we want kids to do is look at the perpetrator and tell them to stop. Many times just saying stop will be enough to get the person to stop because this is that assertiveness saying, I don't like that, don't do it. And they realize that the child is not such a pushover. So a lot of times this is enough, but also sometimes it's not. So. Regardless, he will still want to engage the help of school staff. We're going to assume this is happening at school if you're not around. So a teacher, an administrator, schoolyard duty, personnel, etc. Giving him the tools, both knowing exactly what bullying is and what to do if it happens, can help him nip it in the bud quickly and prevent any further incidents. Also, let him know that he needs to tell you about it as soon as he can so that you can help him. So that you can make sure that he talked to someone and that they took it seriously. If it happens more than once, then you want to make sure that you go and talk to someone at the school, whether it's his teacher, if it's happening with another kid in his classroom, or the principal. Now this is the very important piece, letting him know that you're always there to support him. This piece of making sure he talks to you. This will help keep that communication open for any bigger problems, bullying or anything else down the road. Also, coach him by giving different scenarios and ask whether or not he would consider that bullying and how he would handle it. Make sure he really knows what to do step by step. Say stop, get help, and tell you when he comes home. Because of course when these things happen, our endorphins are running, we get really nervous, and we forget what we're thinking. These steps need to be drilled in strongly. So when it happens, and as soon as he gets control again of his thought process, he'll know exactly what to do. You wanna teach him the difference between tattling and telling. So the question I ask my kids is, is anyone hurt, physically or emotionally? Now the emotional piece is tricky, so I'll get to that in a second. Then I ask, is anyone's property getting damaged? If the answer is no to both of these, then it's tattling. So say one of my kids is getting into something that they're not supposed to be getting into. And one of my kids says, Carter just took another piece of candy. And I say, is anyone hurt? No, no one is hurt. Is any property being damaged? No, of course not. That's tattling. So that's the difference. Now, if there's a yes to one of these questions, then it is possibly just Telling. When it comes to the emotional piece, some kids get their feelings hurt easily in normal disagreements. So, this is something that can take some time to teach that fine line, teaching the difference between being mean or disagreeing and bullying. Sometimes kids will say mean things. Your toys are boring, or I don't want to play with you right now. I only want to play with Justin. Is that rude or mean? Yes. Is it bullying? No. So, this will just be a case by case teaching basis, but you can work on that, work on teaching that and working on helping your child find that fine line between someone who sometimes is just mean or if they're being sensitive about their feelings or if it's actual bullying, someone trying to do something or say something to deliberately be mean and hurt someone's feelings. And especially when it's more than once, when it's ongoing. Set house rules about aggression, not just physical aggression. Set solid house rules about verbal aggression, like name calling and belittling. It's not normal for siblings to call each other names. Now, a lot of people may have grown up in homes where siblings were allowed to call each other names. But this does not have to be normal. What's normal is what you allow in your home. So intervene every single time. You get to set the rules in your house. Now if you grew up with this type of behavior being condoned, it doesn't have to be okay in your home. This is important because your kids get used to respectful behavior and what it looks like. When they're treated in a disrespectful way, they will know. It won't feel right. Also set rules about exclusion. As you all are probably aware by now or any new listeners, we have three children. This triangular relationship can be difficult to manage at times as kids tend to pair off in twos, leaving one kid feeling left out quite often. So we have a very strong rule in our house that our kids are allowed to either be alone in their rooms or allow everyone to join in play. They are, under no circumstances, allowed to exclude anyone. If they are playing with one or more children, they are not allowed to exclude Now, they began to understand this rule very well when the twins were only about three and a half. After only a couple of months of strict enforcement, I haven't had to intervene or coach this rule ever since. They actually often remind each other of this rule. And it's really nice to see them all understanding and abiding by this rule. And when they have friends over and they all play together and some of the friends might try to exclude another friend or one of the siblings, my kids are usually, not always, very good about stepping in and setting rules with their friendships and with the play that they do not exclude people from their play. You want to teach positive conflict resolution skills and I don't have time to get into how to do this, but the peaceful parenting part two as well as the discipline tools communication tools classes both cover ways of teaching conflict resolution. The communication tools class is under the discipline section and the peaceful parenting classes are under the modern parenting classes. Also, I think they are under discipline as well. Model, kindness, and empathy. This way kids know what it feels like to be treated with respect. So just like I mentioned earlier, when they are treated disrespectfully, it sets off their radar. It says, hey, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. I don't like it. There's something wrong here. We also wanna use kindness and empathy in our discipline, which is why I teach the positive discipline philosophy. So if you're struggling with any of that in the discipline exchanges, if you feel like there's any kind of disrespectful behavior sneaking in there, I strongly suggest watching the positive discipline classes so that you can make sure that the discipline is a respectful type of discipline, but still teaches and coaches and works with your kids to reach their potential with good behavior, boundaries, and expectations. Teach good social skills. These social skills are paramount in creating and maintaining friendships. Kids really need to be given tons of opportunity to practice their social skills, to problem solve and learn to resolve conflict. Then also listen to the information on the next question, the next topic, about tips for raising resilient kids because resilient kids are at a lot lower risk for becoming targets of bullying. And I'll get to this next question in a moment after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now, back to our show and the next question from Kaylee Ann. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Kaylee Ann says, Hi, I would like to know if you have something to read or a class to recommend for the following problem. My son just turned five. He's a sweet boy, caring, and observant. The major challenge he has right now, and school has mentioned this as well, is that when confronted with a problem... The stack of blocks he builds keeps falling or he can't climb up the PlayStation at the park or he barely tries. He will get very upset and emotional. He blocks and focuses on the negative and can't pass through this to see other options or solutions. I've tried helping him or leave him be. Either way, it's very hard to get him to calm down and push himself to overcome it. He gets angry at me because I don't help him. He pretends to try to find a solution, but he actually is not. I tried taking a moment with him and looking at the situation, but he becomes very dependent on me. What can I do to support him? We are very stuck at this issue and I think it's important to get through it in a positive way. Let me know. I really appreciate the help. So Kaylee Ann, again I hope I'm saying that correctly, some kids are naturally resilient and others really struggle, but there are a lot of ways to teach resilience. And actually, this is a class I have been wanting to create for a while because it's a very important life skill. It helps in all areas of life from relationships to academics, careers, and any other bumps in the road that life throws at us. As we all know, life will throw a lot of bumps at us. So resilience is the ability to hit the bumps and pull ourselves back up and try again. So first... Offer positive reinforcement whenever you can, but without going overboard. So when he does climb on the PlayStation at the park and goes a step higher or pushes his comfort zone at all, let him know you noticed. You climbed higher than last time. That was very brave. Overboard would be getting overly excited. You climbed an extra step. I've never seen you go so high. That was amazing. Because, well, it wasn't actually amazing, right? So first, kids will expect big reactions for every little thing they do. But soon, they also learn that we're being patronizing and they don't believe us even when we are being genuine. Also, you can encourage him to go higher, but don't push too hard. Ask, can you go one more step? I know you can, why don't you try it? And then also, you wanna let him know that you're there. I'll stand right here while you try it. And if he says, I can't, you can encourage a little bit more, but also without going overboard. Now, when he has issues with block towers falling over or things like that, First, you can help coach him through the emotions first. I can see you are very angry, or frustrated, or mad, or whatever, that the block tower fell over. Let him be frustrated. He has to work through that before he's available to listen. And at first, this is gonna take some time. He has to learn to feel those emotions, accept those emotions, and work through them. And the more practice he gets at it, the better he will get at it. So let him work through it, and don't rescue. Don't tell him it'll be okay, or we can fix it, or offer to pick up the blocks. Just let him feel the frustration and work through it in his own time. Be available to listen and discuss if he wants. If he's basically having a tantrum or an otherwise large meltdown with really big emotions, so much so that he can't or doesn't want to talk about it, you can let him know that you'll stay close by, and when he calms down, you will help him work on problem solving. Now, after he calms down, then you can work with him on the problem solving. You'll want to coach him through, ask him questions. What happened? Now, that's pretty obvious, right? The block tower fell down. He should be able to answer that. Ask, why do you think that happened? What would you like to try this time to see if that works better? If he doesn't know the answers to some of these, then you can coach him through it. Help him. He may or may not know why the blocks fell over. You can explain about balance, that maybe he built it too high without a proper foundation. Ask him what he'd like to try this time to see if he can get a better result. Now you can stay and help, or you can let him try it on his own. If you stay as he's building, let him tell you where to put the blocks rather than just doing it for him. If you think it's getting off balance, you can point it out, and why and what might happen. So this block over here looks like it's too far off to the side, I'm afraid if you put another block on top, it's going to tip over. So why don't we move that over a little more to the middle or why don't we put another block under here so that it has a wider foundation. So you can offer suggestions so that you're teaching him but you're also allowing him to do it himself as much as possible. So now I'm gonna cover some basic tips for building resilience in general. Don't accommodate every need. Getting kids what they want the moment they ask and never giving no for an answer because you don't want to deal with the pushback, like giving chips for a snack instead of fruit. In other words, don't try to minimize or eliminate every discomfort. Life can be uncomfortable and in order to do well, we all have to get used to dealing with discomfort. If they don't eat dinner, they go to bed hungry, not something junky later because you don't want your child to feel hungry. The child will live. He will learn to appreciate what's given and learn to deal with discomfort and that choices have consequences and then how to take responsibility for their choices. Bang, taking responsibility leads to resilience. I have the power to make choices and therefore I am responsible for the outcomes. That is very empowering. That's resilience because next time I can do something different. I can pull myself back up. I'm gonna do something different the next time and figure that out. Teach problem-solving. This means also not rescuing. If a child is struggling with something, help them problem-solve rather than rescuing. So a good example of this is with older kids who forget a book at school they need for their homework. They can call a friend to borrow the book or turn it in late or something else that the child comes up with. They can problem-solve and figure out what they're going to do. But running the child back to school for the book or emailing the teacher and asking for a pardon is rescuing. Now, my third grader brought his cursive book home last night for practice. It's not at all required to work on it at home, but he loves it. Well, I saw it sitting on the table this morning after he left for school, so he won't have it at school today when they work on it in class. Then I saw his homework folder sitting on the counter at home. My instinct was to run these into school for him, but I decided against it. Now, I think third grade is that turning point where he should be taking responsibility for making sure he has everything packed up in the morning. Now, while we haven't specifically discussed this yet, and I will be discussing this with him today after school, it seems this is the right time to set up those expectations so he can be more responsible student going forward and understand that these are his responsibilities because by fourth, fifth grade, and above, Kids need to be 100% responsible for making sure that they get their homework done in their backpack, on time, and back to school when it's due. Also, don't provide all the answers. If your child asks you what he should do or how he should do something, start by asking him what he thinks. What do you think you should do? What do you think the first step should be? Let kids make mistakes and make these mistakes opportunities for learning. Kids are going to mess up but they have to try so that they can learn. So let your kids pour the milk even if the chances are high that it will spill. Or stand by and help minimize but let your child learn and ask what he could try next time. Also, never ridicule or get upset when they do make these mistakes. This will make them less likely to try new things in the future because they'll be afraid to fail. Teach about emotions and how to manage their emotions. Managing emotions well is a key to resilience. It's okay to feel negative emotions, anger, sadness, jealousy, but it's also important to know how to handle these. The first step is recognizing and labeling emotions. So when you see your child exhibiting an emotion, joy, sadness, anger, frustration, happiness, surprise, whatever, label it. You are so happy your friend Caleb is coming to play. You are angry that you can't have the brownie before dinner. Also, you want to label your own emotions. I'm sad that my friend canceled to meet me for dinner tonight, or I'm so happy to see you work so hard at your schoolwork. Now, for more ways to teach emotion skills, the class on tantrums, as well as your developing toddler both have sections with several handouts on ways to work with young kids on developing emotion skills. These are foundations for resilience and therefore success in life. Now, those classes are both in the development and health section on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a question about teaching resilience or any other parenting question, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.